Uh, We have spent the last few weeks together talking about a problem that we all have. We all have this problem where we end up doing things that are awful, that are horrible, that you could even at times say that are evil. We do these things that we don't want to do. And then we all have this this problem of the good things that we actually want to do, that we want to accomplish, the good that we want to do, we don't end up doing that. And this ends up creating a problem for us. And so we've spent our lives trying to figure this out, trying to fix ourselves, trying to solve ourselves. I've tried to solve me. You've tried to solve you. And in the Bible, the apostle Paul said, hey, I had the same problem before before I realized there was a solution to this problem. And Paul summarized it this way. He said in Romans chapter seven, verse 19, he said, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, why does he continue to do the evil that he doesn't want to do and the good he wants to do, he doesn't end up doing? Where does that come from? And that's where we spent the last few weeks trying to explain this and give his explanation. May not be an explanation that makes sense, you know, to you, but this is God, Paul looking at and looking at God and looking at scripture saying, here's my explanation to this issue that we're all facing. And maybe you're here for the first time today and you're walking into the end of the series. I'm going to do my best to consolidate and give kind of a, a summary of this. And for those of you who are here for the, uh, you know, been through the series, hopefully you're like, okay, I'm getting it. It finally is making sense to me. I'm finally understanding this because then we're going to have this path moving forward together today and, and, and finish this off together. So what is Paul's explanation to why he does these things he doesn't want to do, this, this bad stuff, this evil stuff, this horrible stuff, and he doesn't do the good he wants to do. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, this thing he doesn't want to do, he said it is actually, here's his word, it's actually sin, he said, that's living in me. And that's a crazy word, and that's a word like we don't even like to use, but it's, he said it's the sin that's living in me that does this. Question is, where does it come from? Where does this thing, this, this, this sin come from Why, that causes us to do what we don't want to do? Well, Paul gave his explanation of where it came from. And Paul's explanation basically went like this. He said there was a man named Adam. He was the first man, and Adam disobeyed God. See, disobedience is really just another word for this thing that we call in the Bible sin. And as a result of his disobedience to God, as a result of his sin, it brought death. On the heels of sin is always death. You all know this to be true, right? You know when you do those things that you disobey God or you do those things you know you shouldn't do, you know in your relationships that that brings death to those relationships. You know you destroy relationships. You can destroy your finances when you don't do the good you ought to do and and take it the wrong way. You know that it can destroy relationships and finances and businesses and whatever you're in. You can destroy our health even. On the heels of our screw-ups, mess-ups, comes death of some sort. And then he said, that's what Adam did. And he said, you and I, we're just all part of this human race. We're all legally in Adam. And so what we've illustrated with is we've just said, here, here's all of us. We are all legally in Adam. And this is all of you back there. Uh, We're all in Adam. And what is true of Adam is true of us. And so since Adam sinned, Paul goes on and says, we were essentially born into sin. That's that's his explanation. That's why we do what we don't want to do. 
We're born into Adam. But here's the great news, Paul says. He says the good news, the gospel of Jesus is that if you would choose to place your faith in Christ, if you would place your faith in Christ, you would actually be transferred out of Adam and you'd be transferred into Christ. So no longer does what was true of you have to be true of you anymore. No longer does this thing called sin and have to have power over you. You can now be placed in Christ. What's true of Jesus now becomes true of you. What was true of Jesus? He died on the cross for our sins. And then here's the, what kind of the punctuated it all is he rose from the dead. Thus, he conquered this thing called sin. And by conquering this thing called sin, when you and I place our lives in Jesus, that when you're in Christ, that power of sin in your life, it's broken. You can live free from the power of sin. And not just for eternity, which a lot of times that's, as Christians, we're like, oh, that's great, I get all this. No, 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 Paul, everything he's talking about, he said, you can live free from the power of sin today. You can live free from always doing the things you don't want to do. You can live free from that today. And how do you live free from that? And we've told you, we've said a couple, a couple steps to take. Paul said to declare or whisper, hey, sin is not my master. I'm dead to sin, but alive to God. That's what Paul said. Sin is not my master. So we, we are dead to this sin because now we're in Christ. We're not in Adam anymore. Sin is not our master and we can live free in God and Jesus and alive to God. And then we declare it, which also means inside there's this decision that we make. We decide to not let it be our master. We're going to declare it, but we're going to decide once and for all, sin is not going to be my master. And I'm going to choose to be on this side of the equation in Christ as I approach my life rather than still be in Adam. And if I choose to approach life as being in Christ, then sin isn't going to control my future and be, control the outcome, the side you identify with. If you say, you know what, woe is me. I'm a sinner. I've always been a sinner. My mom was like this. My dad was like this. I can't help it. Do you identify with that side of the equation? Man, I'm going to struggle. You identify with the being in Christ, the outcome changes. And then we said, just devote your body to Christ. Paul said it this way, offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. And that word part is very interesting. It actually, it actually means body parts. And so he's like, listen, I want you to take every part of who you are and I want you to you know, pray. And we said, just pray. This week we asked you, pray practically every day. God, you wake up and you say, God, I want to devote my body parts to you. God, I'm going to devote my eyes to you because I know this week that sin's going to come calling me and it's going to want to try to have power over me. And so God, I'm going to devote my, my eyes to you this week because sin's going to want me to look at things I shouldn't be looking at. And God, I devote my feet to you because sin is going to want to take me somewhere that, that I know I should, don't want to go. And, and sin is going to want to grab my mind and my heart. And God, I'm going to devote that to you. I devote my mouth to you. And we do all this, as Paul said in Colossians 3, because we're allowing Christ to live his life through us, which is the Christian life, Christ living through us. And so that's Paul's explanation for how you stay dead to sin and stay alive to Jesus Christ. But Paul's not finished. And he's going to turn the corner for us this morning, and he's going to bring it all together, and he's going to help us actually move forward in our life in a fresh new way. And for some of us, this will change your life forever. 
For some of us, this is going to be radical new thinking and new behavior. And he starts off, if you haven't turned there yet, turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. You can go in your Bibles or on the YouVersion Bible app. Buried in this verse is the key to move forward. Romans chapter 6. I think this verse is familiar to us because we looked at it. And he says this, for sin shall no longer be your master. We've talked about that. Okay, you're in Christ now. You're in Christ now. You're no longer in Adam. So sin doesn't have to be our master any longer. But here's the part we haven't talked about. Notice what he says. Sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under what? You are under, say it together. You are under? Grace. You are under grace. In other words, Paul says the road divides right here. There are two approaches you and I can take to to living our life for God. There are two approaches to God. And he says, one will help you live free from the power of sin in your life, and the other won't. One approach, the way to approach God is through law. And I'm just going to tell you up front, we'll talk about this, but when we approach God through law, which is, hey, I got to do this, I got to do this, here's the rules, here's the list, I look at the Bible, and here's all the things I must do. I wish I would have done this. If that's how we approach God, that's always going to lead to failure. That's always going to lead to a path of we're going to know, hey, I can't measure up, God, I can't measure up. Paul says there's a better way to approach God. And the better way to approach God is by grace. And grace is, as one translation says, living in the freedom of God. I just want you to think about this. Isn't that something you want? Don't you want to live in the freedom of God? Paul says that's the approach you can take to God. And here's how Jesus himself talked about this idea of living in the freedom of God as we allow Christ to live through us. He told us in John chapter 15, and in this verse, he's explaining this to us. He says something very interesting. Jesus loved to use illustrations, and he says it this way in describing himself and describing us. John 15 verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says this, if you will uh, remain in me, another, a lot of translations say abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You and I can approach God by way of law, or Jesus says by a better way, which is remaining in me, abiding in me. And he said, Here, here's my picture, here's my image. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if I, Jesus, the vine, go into you, the branch, then here's what ends up happening. If I, Jesus, the vine, go into you, the branch, you will bear much fruit. And then he says this, by by the way, apart from me, this, what I'm talking about, none of that is going to happen. If you remain in me, if you abide in me, and one of the things that's important for us to understand, he's he's saying this is intensely close. This is intensely personal. Law is all about religion. Grace is all about relationship. And Jesus invites us into this relationship, he said, of abiding in me, of remaining in me. Jesus is like, I don't want your focus to be, I got to keep the law. I got to be a rule follower. You know, that's what church is all about. I, I got to do this. I can't mess up. Jesus said, I got to hold up a better way for you. Abide in me. And if you do that, it'll change your entire approach to following me. Because no longer is it all about, oh, I'll try my best. I'll do everything I can. I'll go after it. 
That's not Jesus' way. Jesus' way is, you follow me, you remain in me, you abide in me, and here's what's going to happen. There's going to be something amazing in your life that I call fruit. And people are going to look at your life, and they're going to start asking the question, what's happened to you? I mean, you've changed. And you'll be like, well, I feel like I'm actually doing less than I've ever done. And they'll ask you, man, what's going on with you? Like, you don't blow up as much as you used to. And you're like, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And man, you're a better listener than you used to be. You're way more patient than you used to be. And you're like, yes, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. What happened to you? Well, what happened is you switched from following God by law and following God by grace, which is abiding in Jesus, remaining in Jesus. And the next thing you know, you have all this fruit in your life. Why? Because there's now this connection, this close relationship with Jesus. And I got to tell you, that's what God invites every single one of us to. And it's way better than I got to follow. I must. I have to. I promise. Okay, God, I make this commitment today. I will always. Paul takes what Jesus is talking about and he expands on it. He uses his own language. What does Paul say? I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And it is confusing what he's talking about, but I think if you've been with us for a few weeks, more and more of this is making sense. If you're new with us today or the last couple of weeks, just keep hanging with us and, and he's just going to blow our minds and shed some light on this. So we're going to look at Galatians 5. If you want to this week, I'd encourage you actually, read Romans 8 as kind of a devotion this week. Romans 5, or Galatians 5 and Roman 8, Romans 8 are kind of the same thing. They're talking about the same thing. Paul's saying, I want to help you solve you. I want to give you some handles of what it means to abandon living by the law and instead embrace this incredibly intensely personal relationship with me where the resurrected Jesus Christ lives in you because you're in him, because you're in Christ. And then we experience freedom and the power of sin no longer has power over our life. So what does he say? Romans chapter 5, verse 16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Paul's like, this is my language of Jesus' language of remain in me. This is Paul's version of that. Paul's like, I want you to walk in step with the Spirit. I want you to, which means I want you to be sensitive to. I want you to take your cues from the Spirit of God that is in you. And when you do this, when you walk by the Spirit, notice what he says, verse 16. And when you do this, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, or some translations say the old sinful nature. So you're not going to follow that anymore. And I got to tell you, when you and I walk in step with the Spirit and actually begin to grasp what he's talking about, this relationship that's close to Jesus, what begins to happen in our life is it's, it, we, we find ourselves saying less and less, God, okay, I promise today I will do this. God, I promise I will obey. God, I will not do that. I will not do that. God, I will do this. That's law living. And Jesus says, I have a better way. Because every time we pursue law living and the whole bunch of lists and rules and laws that we got to follow, we just fail at that. Every time. You've proven it, haven't you? You can't measure up to that. I can't measure up. I've proven it. I can't follow God that way and nor can you. And yet that's where we go. Why do we go there? Look at verse 17. 
Galatians 5, 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are, and let's say this together, they are in what? They are in conflict with each other. And you're like, yes, that that makes sense. I understand. I got these two sides of me. And it seems like there's a battle and there's this conflict. And Paul went on and said, they're in con- the flesh and the spirit, they're in battle together. So what did he say? So, so you are not to do whatever you want. So you're not able to do the good that you want to do. Whenever you and I find ourselves in this conflict of, I want to, but I shouldn't argument with yourself. Paul says, when you find yourself in that argument, you lose. Why? Because you are approaching life, and I am approaching life through the system of law. It's a lose-lose. You're either going to end up feeling guilty when you mess up, or you're going to feel arrogant when things are going well. And the problem with arrogance is on the tail of arrogance always comes judgment. And in that law living and that arrogance of doing the list and the laws and the rules and following, because some of us, man, that's, you know, we're like, I'm a rule keeper. And we get arrogant about it. And on the heels of that comes judgment. And we start looking at other people. And we start saying that person and that person, look at them, look at them. And we do it in the church. But we're in the church family, and so we find a way to figure it out and work it out, even though that happens, and we try to have a lot of grace, even though we don't always, and there's conflict, and that's a problem. But man, here's a problem with outside the church. That type of living, law living, which results in judgment, those who don't know Jesus, they feel that. They feel your judgment, our judgment. And it's why the church has such a sorry reputation in the world so often. Paul says, law living is not the way to go. So he says, verse 18, but if you are, and what's the word? If you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you are, notice the word, you are not under the law. Meaning the conflict that you're having with yourself and I'm having with myself can be different. We can begin to see that living under the law of I got to do this and I can't do that and here's what I have to follow today. That isn't the only approach to God. There's a better way. There's a different approach and he contrasts it. And he says you can be led by the spirit or you can be led by the law. So what's the difference? What do they look like? He tells us, verse 19, he says, listen, I'm going to tell you, the law, the, living by the law, what he calls the acts of the flesh, notice he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. And then he just lists a bunch of them out. It's not an inclusive list, but he's like, hey, you and I all know. We know when we're living by the flesh and doing the things that we shouldn't be doing and because we, we just kind of know that internally. He, he says, you all know those. They're obvious. No one has to tell you those. That's because we when we were originally born in Adam, born into sin, and we just, we're just going to continue down that path. He says, but let me tell you something more important. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. And what is fruit? Fruit is something that happens internally. Fruit is the product of the outcome of something. What is he talking about? It's very important to understand this because imagine if you're in an orchard And if you say, I am going to watch fruit and I'm going to watch it work and I'm going to watch it do all that it needs to do. And if you go up to a piece of fruit and look at it and put your ear up on it, you're not going to hear that fruit going, oh, I'm trying to grow. 
It's not going to be, you're not going to see this not happen. It's not going to put all this effort and all this, I must grow, I must grow. If I don't grow, they're going to pick him instead of me. And I, you know, no. There isn't that struggle in the world of agriculture. The fruit happens when it is connected to Jesus' word, the vine. Or when it is connected, maybe we might say attached to the tree. Paul's saying this type of living, fruit that happens, that's a product of something, the outcome of something is a way different approach to God than the approach of law. Because the law way of living will make you feel proud when you're good. And it will make you feel guilty when you're bad. The law is all about, I do, I do, I do. The Bible says, yeah, that's acts of the flesh. Fruit is all about what's done in me and through me. Fruit is God today. I seek to remain in you, to abide in you. God, my fruit, I know what my fruit is. I might do good for a while, but then I lose my temper and I lash out and I kind of blow it and I don't forgive. And then I'll go and I'll finally cool off and I'll apologize and I'll come back and I'll try again. And I'll try harder. That's my fruit, God. My fruit doesn't work. God, I want to live your way. I want to live in such a way, God, that your fruit is produced in me. So he tells us what that fruit is. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Listen to his fruit that's a product of, that's produced in us when we are walking in the Spirit and living by the Spirit. Notice what he says. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. If you're tracking on the, on the deeper theological level, this last part is going to make huge sense to you. The first part, we've read that before. We've studied that before. We might know it. We might have heard sermons on it. And, and, and we talk about that. But notice the part that doesn't get talked about much. But now I think you have the, the context for this. Notice what he said. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Against such things, there is no law. For some of you, are like, oh. Now I understand what that means. There's no law. There's no law living. There's no trying to do and to work harder and I must. Man, the fruit of the Spirit that's being produced in me, there's no such, the law doesn't matter. There's no such thing as law when God's living His life through me. The law is an old thing, an old way of living. Now here's the problem with this list. Here's what religious people think. Here's what law keepers think. They think, all right, I, I, you know what? I want to be a good Christian. So I'm going to be more loving. And I'm going to choose today to be more joyful and peaceful and patient, have patience and kindness and gentleness. And I'm going to get together four of my friends and we're going to commit to each other every day and meet together and we're going to get up early and, 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 and we're going to study together and, and, and we're going to memorize scripture and I'm just going to have all this incredible self-control and God, I thank you for this list and I'm on my way, God, and I'm going to do all this stuff. And Paul says, no, 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 it's fruit. It is not a to-do list. In fact, don't even look at the quote list. Just allow God to bear his fruit in your life. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, you're going to look back and go, wow, oh my goodness. Where did it all come from? 
And it doesn't seem like there's as much of a struggle in my life as there used to be. And my wife is looking at me saying, wow, man, that's incredible. And my kids are looking at me and saying, dad, something's different about you and you've changed and your coworkers are wondering, hmm, there's something that's different. There is. Because that's that person learning to walk in step with the Spirit. Because no longer are they living their life trying to do, do, do. It's not a, it's not a to-do list. It's a fruit list. And he finishes up and he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that, my friends, right there is the Christian life. That is the Christian life. It's keeping in step with the Spirit of God. It's a completely different approach to, to God. It's a whole different mindset. It's actually the entire New Testament teaching. But if we don't keep in step with the Spirit, we are just going to keep leaning towards religion. Still trying to act like we're in Adam. Following the rules, keeping the rules, and, and doing our best that we can to be a good Jesus follower. And the more we try to do, 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 the more it leads to frustration. The more it actually leads eventually to bitterness, disenchantment. And we don't know where that comes from. And we, you know, we'll blame churches oftentimes, and we'll blame Christians, or whatever the case may be. It'll lead to judgment and judging others. It'll lead to bitterness. Jesus' way is all about keeping in step with, not keeping the law. So, how do we wrap this series up? How do we kind of put some handles on this to help us with this? How do we, how do, what does that look like in our life? What does it mean to keep in step? Well, I think it starts with just, man, it's time for you and I to accept this new identity. We are in Christ. We've talked about it for a few weeks. We are no longer in Adam. That's gone. If you're in Jesus Christ, accept your new identity. You are in Christ. What's true of Jesus becomes true of us. It means I'm forgiven. And I don't have to go to God and say, oh God, I did it again. I'm already in Christ. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm completely loved. You're forgiven. You're accepted. You're completely loved. You can't do anything for God to love you more. It's who you are. You're loved in Christ. You used to be here, but that is gone. So how about we accept that new identity? Accept it in our lives. And next second, fully embrace this new approach that God invites us to approach him with. Stop, stop asking God to help you be good. Stop asking God to, to, to give you strength to do your best. Stop going to God and saying, God, help me keep out of trouble. Help me overcome this addiction. That doesn't work. Rather, let's submit ourselves. As Paul told us, and we talked about again today, submit our body parts as instruments of righteousness to God. Sin, I'm, you can't have my eyes. You can't have my feet. You can't have my mouth. Because today I long and I desire to keep in step with the Spirit of God. So how about we just ask Jesus to live his life through us? Holy Spirit, would you guide me today? Holy Spirit, would you guide me today? God, today I know of all the things I ought to do, I know I will fail. God, I already know the way I ought to be, the way I should be. And God, I'm telling you right now, I'm no good at it. So God, 
Just show me, teach me to walk in your spirit, allowing fruit to be produced in my life. How about we embrace that approach? Our way isn't working, is it? So let's try God's way. And finally, the way you do, one of the ways you do that, just refuse, refuse, refuse. Refuse to interact with God any longer on the basis of law. Some of you have been a Jesus follower for a short time. Some of you have been following Jesus for decades. And maybe today is the beginning of your entire future. Where you're like, that's it, I'm done interacting with God on the basis of law. Because it doesn't get me where I need to go. Acting on the basis of law says, God, oh, I'm so sorry, God, I did it again, I messed up again. Interacting with God on the basis of grace says, God, I got out of step. It's my hope and desire to get back in step with you. Law says, I did it again, God. You told me not to, and I did, and I'm sorry. God's like, that's law, man. Don't think that way. Let's just get back in step with me. Get in step with my spirit. Yeah, your spouse said that, and you blew up, and you got out of step with me, so let's just step back. And now I want to lead you to where you want to go, and I want you to take responsibility, and you say, all right, God, sounds good. I want to get back in step with you. It's very different than being religious. Very different. It's a better way. The Christian life is about Jesus living in us and through us. As we just seek to walk in step with His Spirit. And I just pray as we wrap this up that you and I would leave here committed not to do, do, do. It doesn't get us where God wants to take us. Rather, how about we let, 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 or we allow. We let the Spirit of Jesus live through us. We allow the Spirit of Jesus to live through us. And so I close by asking you the question, are you ready? Are you ready to allow Jesus to live through you? Will you let Jesus live through you? That's my hope. And that's my prayer for every single one of us. And when that happens, if you will let the Spirit of God live through you, this is walking in step with the Spirit, this is living in Christ, if you will do that, you will be free. And you will experience freedom each and every day of your life.